let's uh, let's welcome Steve McCracken as he comes and releases God all over us. Praise God. Such a privilege to be back here with you guys again. I love God. I love God. You can stay with me. You, you got you got a seat. You're all good. It's almost like you're getting to know me. God is amazingly good, eh? Amazingly good. And one of the awesome things about God is He cannot not be true to Himself. And I just felt even before uh, when I arrived and I just went down that way. To, there's a little room down there that I went to visit. I felt God just drop this into my spirit and say, just start here. And that is that God's way is best. God's way is best. God's way is best always. God's way is best always. Always. God's way is best always. Not because it's God's way, but because it's God's way. The thing that makes God's way best is not the way that He chooses for you and for me. It's the fact that He chooses it. This shifts everything in our life because He is always good. He cannot not be good because He is good. He cannot not be love, as you obviously have heard this morning, because He is love. You and I can sometimes not be good or not be loving or not be patient or not be kind because that's not who we are. We, we can be that and sometimes we cannot be that, but He cannot not be who He is. See, God can't not be love because it's not something He does like we do, but it's who He is, so He cannot deny Himself. The confidence that God's way is best is because He cannot give us a way or show a way or do a way that is not loving. Because to do so would be to deny who He is. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. I am always the same. Before the foundations of the world, God has not changed to who He is now. And God's way is best. He is kind. He is patient. He is loving. He is always good. And the reason why God's way is best, because it's God's way. Anyone agree with me? Some of you are hesitant to agree because you go, where's he going? I'm going where Father says. Hallelujah. Father, what you've given me for tonight is too important for it to get lost in translation. Too important for to change it make it more palatable but this is a holy time in your church where you are truly looking for a certain type of people and so Father I want to speak to that tonight to a certain type of people who have a right foundation that is laid by their pastors by people like Pastor James that it is all about knowing God, as these guys have even heard me say. They know that's my heart. It is knowing you. It is loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The first commandment, the greatest commandment is the first commandment, and it is the greatest commandment. And loving people is not the first, and it's not the greatest. It's like it, but it's not as important. Loving God and knowing God, seeking God, being intimate with God is the greatest thing, and that is our desire. The evidence of a disciple is one that loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and this is our foundation. But, Lord, while we never move past that, 
And while that is not only the foundation, that is the journey, that is the destination, that is what it is about, there are some other things that you do need to say that go hand in hand. It's like mercy and truth. It's not all mercy without truth because then you get compromise. It's not all truth without mercy because then you get legalism. It's got to be, I do not condemn you, but go and stop sinning. There has to be the ends of God that are not a contradiction to the other side, but they're a compliment. They're a, it's just right. God's way is right. And so, Lord, would you speak into your way here tonight? Would you speak into your way? We have ears to hear. We have ears to hear. And we say, would you speak to us, Lord? Hmm. Would you speak to us, Lord? In Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I download this, James, I just, when I heard you're going to be here and I've never met you, so in my hotel room, I didn't know what color hair you had or anything. Um, and Father just said to me real, real clearly, uh, he said, I'm Father to the fatherless. But he said, for you and your wife, this is what he said to me, raise up fathers and mothers, not just sons and daughters. He's never said that to me before for anyone. We talk about raising up sons and daughters. But he said, no, raise up fathers and mothers. It's a season. It's a different dimension. It's a different focus. Sons and daughters are sons and daughters of the house. They learn to be in it and part of it and what it looks like. But fathers and mothers, it's not just to be part of the house. It's to, it's to reproduce. It's, to, it's a generational thing. And it was a father to the fatherless, a father to the fatherless. But it wasn't. It's, it's a different dimension to normal, the father, to the fatherless. That's about looking after the fatherless, but this is about raising up fathers and mothers. I'll release that to you. It's not too late. It's not too late. And I, I run the risk in different places where I know people a bit better. I'm not thinking about you. I'm just listening and I'm just looking around. And I just, he just said to come right now and just say, it's not too late. Some things that Father's laid on your heart, it's not too late. It's not too late. I see more seasons coming up. I see another two, three seasons coming up. Because there's some things that, and really something in you, Sandra, that you just like, got a real holy discontent in some things because God there's got to be more there's got to be more and God says it will happen but stay in step with me regarding the seasons it's not too late guys praise God he's good eh he's wonderful how are you good. Thanks for standing in the gap and thanks for praying. Thanks for praying when others have stopped praying. Thanks for praying when others haven't noticed. Thanks for praying at times when, what am I doing? I'm not doing much. I'm just praying. And Father says, thank you. Thanks for praying because some things shifted and other people have attributed the shift to something else, but it actually was your prayers. Thanks. Praise God. I love God. I love God. I love His presence. Amen. I love His presence. The way God did it last time will be different to the way He'll do it next time. All right? But God's ways are best. You've seen some things happen, and you praise God, and you're expecting it to happen again. But it's going to happen differently. But His way is best. Don't focus on the way. Trust Him. Praise God.
Just saw a picture of you. Father God just extending his hand and just simply saying, would you like to take my hand and come for a walk with me? Sometimes God comes and sometimes we feel there's burdens laid upon us and heavy things and all this stuff. And it's almost like God wants just to clear, just clear all the noise, clear all the stuff. Just see him literally extend his hand and say, would you like to take my hand? Just come for a walk. This is an invitation from Father God to come have a walk and be close and intimate with him. He really likes you. Praise God. God's way is best, always, because it's God's way. And tonight, we love the foundation of loving God, don't we, Greg? It's all about loving God. We complicate it. We complicate it. But as I said before, this whole thing of hearing the end of God, the end of God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Which one is it? It's both. I do not condemn you. And go and sin no more. Which one is it? It's both. I'm going to give you something on the flip side of the end tonight. Because God spoke it to me so clearly. He's never spoken it to me before to speak somewhere. I was in my bathroom back in Melbourne and God just said this statement. It was a question so clearly. He said, that's for the rock on Sunday night. And then I thought, okay, that's great. What else? And he said, everything I want you to speak tonight is contained in that one question. So we're going to lean into it. But before we do, we sang this line of these songs, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Who has in your heart a yes, God, yes, God, to that statement, you are worthy of it all. We're saying, I exalt thee. Come on, whose heart? Was that the true cry of your heart? I exalt thee. I exalt thee. You are worthy of it all. Anyone? And this is what the Lord said to me in that moment when we sang it. He said, this is not just you're worthy of it all, and I exalt you in my worship, but in my obedience. It's all about love. It's all about love. It's all about love. But tonight, I want to speak into something a little different, and I'm going to shift it, change it up. I'm going to say, you can come down and just receive and enjoy. Everyone say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, this you're worthy of it all is not just you're worthy of all my worship. I exalt thee in my worship. It's you're worthy of it all, whatever you say. Hmm. Let me tell you the question that God spoke to me so amazingly clear and said, this is what I want to speak in tonight, and then we're going to step through. Anyone got an open heart? Because I really think that this needs to be deposited. I think it, I no doubt needs to be deposited in everyone's life that's in part of any church. But he hasn't told me to give it in any church. He's told me to give it here. And he's told me to give it here. And in some ways, it's almost like <laughs> where we're normally always talking about. It's all about knowing God and loving God. It's all about that. Let's not complicate it. It's loving God. It's almost like I'm stepping over here. But maybe Father says you can bring it here because we've got this. And we're not going to neglect this. And we're not going to allow something else to derail this. It's not going to become about legalism and law. It's not going to become about that. Because otherwise what I'm going to bring could in some places be a burden that comes on. But this needs to be a holy shaking and a Holy stirring up because God is looking for a certain type of people and I need to speak into that. We talk about the fact that God's way is best always because it's God's way and he is always good and he is always loving. Can I hear an amen? 
Come on, talk to me, church. I'm at the end of a busy weekend, so I need you to help me here. And we need this. But here's the question, and we celebrate it, we celebrate it, we celebrate it. Oh, when God asks us to do something that's incredible, we celebrate it. Really, God, you allow me to do that? That's fantastic. That's awesome. You'll allow me to be involved in the worship. You'll allow me to be involved in the Word. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're praying for the best job ever, and you get the best job ever. And we go, yay, God, yay, God. Thank you. Your way is is best and we're praying for someone to get saved and they get saved and we go thank you God your way is best you are always good we pray for someone to get healed and they get healed and we say God you are so good and your way is always best and the God spoke to me as clear as a bell in Melbourne he said this is what I want you to speak on how is your obedience when father tells you to do something you don't want to do (laughs) How is your obedience? You can have it all, Lord. Just don't ask me to do that. You can have it all, Lord, but just don't tell me to go there. As the old Scott Wesley Brown song says, please don't send me to Africa. You can have it all, Lord, but no, no, don't tell me to call them. You can have it all, Lord, but no, don't ask me to forgive them. You can have it all, Lord. I exalt thee, Lord. It's a nice song to sing. Just don't. How is your obedience? This is not the opposite of a message on love, is it, sir? Because again, let's take the whole counsel. We're immature Christians if we take one verse, one scripture and say, I'm running with that. And God says, how about this, 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 and this? Handle the word of God correctly. And I've got to, just come before you because I'm looking at some incredible people. I'm looking at some incredible men and women of God in this room. And this is why Father said, bring it here. Not because you're bad and this is a slap to come up, but because you are on the right path of your focus. And Father goes, great, I need to add something that takes it into a deeper level of completeness. I need to know how is your obedience when Father tells you to do something you don't want to do. How is, is, this is what Father said to do, so I'm going to do it, step through. How is, present tense, how is your obedience? Sometimes we celebrate past obedience while living in present disobedience. Sometimes we say, you know what, you know, I might not, I know Father wants me to do this and that's, I'm not really, you know, I've, I've done so much. He knows I've done so much for him. I've served, I've served, I've served. I know he wants me to get involved, but you know what, I've been so busy and my family's here and my finances are here. I, I know I'm not quite doing what God says to do, but I have done so much for him. The word of the Lord is how is. Am I still coming back in November? Mm. How is? Present tense. How is? How is? How is? How is? How is your personal? We're doing great as a church. All good things are happening. The message is coming across. The worship's awesome. Great things are happening. We are in a good place. Wonderful. How is your obedience? We're doing what God wants as a church. Great. How is your obedience? How about you personally in your work? How is your obedience in your family? How is your obedience when Father asks you to do something? Oh, no, no, whoa, whoa. How is, present tense, how is your personal? How is your obedience? The things Father has asked you to do, told you to do. How is your obedience? Let's look at this word. Let's look at this curse word, this four-letter word. This word actually that is synonymous with life. Because if God's way is best, 
always because he's always good. Obedience to God, although not always easy, is always best. And how is your obedience, not your serving, and not your sacrifice? First Samuel 15. Oof. First Samuel 15, I want to read a few verses. This is the sort of thing that I don't normally read in church because it's not very nice. And if we're careful, we won't read some of the not very nice passages in the Bible because we just want it all to be nice. But if it's part of God's word, then maybe there's something that's actually empowering to us. First Samuel chapter 15. Verse 13, this is a story where Saul and his army went out and they had instructions to defeat and completely wipe out an army at the instruction of the Lord through Samuel. And then we pick it up in verse 13 of 1 Samuel 15. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. (laughs) I have carried out the Lord's instructions. I've done what God told me to do. But Samuel said to him, what's the bleeding of sheep that I hear in my ears? What is the lowing of the cattle that I hear? And Saul answered, the soldiers. <laughs> Notice how straight away blame someone else. But my family, but my finances, but my job, but the weather, but my pastor. Saul answered, the soldiers but the other pastor. The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites and they spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. Interestingly, he said, the Lord your God, not the Lord our God. But we totally destroyed the rest. We are so good. Stop, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord told me last night. Don't mess with the prophet. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord appointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, and make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I I went on the mission. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I did what God told me to do. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. And the soldiers, they took the sheep and they took the cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God, at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and in serving in church and in being on the worship team when he told you to be in the children's ministry and in being in that job when he told you to be in another job and in not being in another job when he told you to be there and as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed, to listen, to hearken with obedience is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination. And arrogance, I know better than God, is like the evil of adultery. Adultery, rather, adultery. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. How many people are feeling encouraged and blessed? Some of us in this room, and I just want to speak as I feel God speaking 
have settled for partial obedience and we think God is pleased. I've done most of what he said. I might have done slightly different. I'm not preaching legalism and law. I'm all about loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I'm just telling you, I'm just, I need to bring to us today how is your obedience complete. Saul did most of what God told him to do. He went to the battle. He fought the enemy. He goes, we kept some to sacrifice. And God says, that, do you know that's the point? That's the point? Where God said, I'm removing you as king? That's pretty serious. You might say, I'm not a king. I'm not this. And to be honest, I don't know how this is all going to end up here tonight. Because I'm just on a journey with you. But I'm saturated in the love of God. I'm saturated, saturated in the grace of God. I'm saturated on seeking first. I'm saturated in love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But as I read over the weekend, people say, hang on, Lord, Lord, we love you so much. We prophesied. We, we did all these things in your name. He goes, hang on, but I don't know you. We got to get the right thing right. And he's saying, my way is best. And I'm looking for some people that will truly live, Lord, Lord, Lord. Supreme in authority. I want to do all that you've called me to do. How is your obedience when, not if? <laughs> the statement is, when is, how is your obedience when Father tells you to do something you don't want to do? I'm not paraphrasing what Father said to me. I'm telling you word for word. How is your obedience when? And he said, not if. Because he will tell you to do things you don't want to do. Come on. But God's way is best always. Let's not forget this as we're journeying through. How is your obedience when Father? Have we settled the issue that Father, not circumstances, not people, are ordering our steps and that he is a good Father? This empowers you to obey. How is your obedience when Father, 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 when Father? Come on, I've got a natural Father, and He's the best Father a man could have. David McCracken is just an incredible Father. But you know what? And I wasn't a perfect kid by any means. But when He asked me to do something, or even rather tells me to do something, and even now in my life, because I'm under His authority, He's my Elijah, He's my natural Father, my spiritual Father. Even if sometimes the instruction doesn't make sense, or I feel even something different, my starting point is trust in Him, not because of what He says, but it's Him that says that I trust my natural Father with my life. Sometimes we focus on the word spoken, not the heart of the one speaking it. And that's why we can trust Father's commands, not because it's Father's commands, but because Father's giving the command. There had to be something in Abraham when God said, take your son, your only son whom you love and sacrifice him. He had to have some level of trust, not in the command. Goodness gracious me, don't give me that command. But there's a father, I, got, I trust my father. And you read in Hebrews 11 that he believed that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, that's exactly what he did. He says, I don't understand the command. I don't understand the instruction. I don't understand, but I trust the one who's saying it. How is your obedience when Father, 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 Father? It's not your enemy, it's your Father. How is your obedience when your Father tells you, tells you? I wish I could get in front of each and every one of you. Some of you are glad I can't, but look you in the eye and says, how is your obedience when Father tells you? Because as soon as he said that to me, he said this, what, what rises up in you when I say that? Because many of us, even as believers who love God, something rises up when we're told. I've got to get real for a moment. God gives commands, not suggestions or invitations. 
God gives commands, not suggestions or invitations. He gives instructions. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, do you not know the plans I've got for you? I've got plans. I've got things I need you to do. I want you to do. Ephesians 2.10, now that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works he prepared in advance. I've got some things I want you to do. Oh, please, God, how about you, you suggest some options so I can choose? Because some of your suggestions might not quite suit. Here's one, my personality. I couldn't obey because... That's not my personality. Oh, sorry. Hmm. Some good words that he prepared, that he prepared, that he prepared in advance for us to do. See, we celebrate God's commands when they end up in something really good. And we celebrate God's commands when they're given to someone else. See, you're not against commands. You're not against instruction. You're not against being told what to do unless it's you. God said, command, let there be light. And there was light. Come on, we celebrate the commands of God. There is light. God said, let there be. God said, let there be. God called everything that is from what was not at a word of command. And the heavens and the earth were formed. Come on. And there was plants and there was trees and people were called forth. And we say, yay, God, yay, God, yay, God. We love your commands. We hear that Jesus gave a command, Lazarus, come out. That which was dead is not dead beyond resurrection. Sometimes we want to celebrate when someone gets healed. Sometimes we go further and we want to celebrate when someone gets resuscitated. Man, they've just lost their pulse for a few seconds. But God says, give me something that's been dead three days. And I can say, Lazarus, come out. I didn't invite him out. I didn't give him some suggestions, some options. I said, come out of that grave. And we go, yeah, God. Because we celebrate commands when they're to someone else or when they fit our plans. But here's the question that God's asking me today and asking you today. How is your obedience when not if Father, the good Father, tells me And here's the clincher, to do what I don't want to do. See, we celebrate let there be light. Do we not? We celebrate, celebrate, we sell, we like celery and we ate it. We celebrate Lazarus come forward. We celebrate Noah take 120 years to build an ark because it's going to rain. You don't know what that is because it's never rained because they're going to flood the earth and wipe out everyone, but I want to save you. We celebrate the fact that Noah built the ark, but have you thought what Noah thought? I'm glad Noah obeyed. I'm not sure after three weeks of slaving his guts out if he thought, what am I doing? I'm not sure if after 30 years, he said it was going to rain. 120 years. Come on. Greg hasn't even been old. He's not a lot. Come on. 
Just stop. Don't gloss over what the mental hurdles, the physical, the emotional, the jeering, the the jesting, the the, the 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 people poking fun at him. Not for a few days or a few weeks or a few months or a few years or even a few decades. A hundred and twenty years. How is your obedience when Father tells you to do something you don't want to do really? We celebrate the command. We're glad that Noah did it. Jonah. Go to Nineveh. Command. I don't want to do that. Interesting the reason why he didn't want to do it, because God, you're so good. You might save those people. Sometimes the reason we disobey God is really the dumbest, dumbest reasons. You're so good. You're so full of mercy. You just might. I'd rather spend three days and three nights in the belly of a whale. How is your obedience when Father tells you to do what you don't want to do? Moses, 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 Moses. Go and lead a couple million stubborn people out of slavery into freedom. I'm not sure that it was necessarily on his bucket list. And then wander around in a desert for 40 years because hmm. of their unbelief and their whinging and their complaining. How's your obedience when Father tells you to do what you don't want to do? See, Jesus said to his disciples, first meeting, come on, where's the seeker sensitive here? Let's, let's go in softly. Let's just be able to Follow me. Hang on, I'm in the boat. I've got my fishing gear. Okay. Come on. But this is what Jesus said to us. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, that's us. Is that you? Is that you? That's what he said. Whoever wants to be my disciple. Just, just pause. Just stop. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak. We know we're in the right church here. Discipleship is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But that's not all it is. It is the most important thing. It is the foundational thing. It is the start. It is the middle. It is the end. You can do everything else and not love God, and it is pointless and worthless. Can I hear an amen? But let's not be narrow-minded, naive, and even disobedient and say, I just love God. It loves God. It doesn't matter about anything else. It does matter about anything else. You want to be my disciple? Let me give you the nice, soft entry. You must deny yourself. But I want to do this. I want to do that. That's not convenient right now. It's, it's It just doesn't suit my timetable, doesn't suit my budget, doesn't suit my family. You must deny yourself. You must take up your cross. Cross, can we use can we use cushion, please? How about cushion? Take up your cushion. Come, come, follow me into the boat. No, no, no. Some of us have I'd like to see your Bible. Some of you are probably cushion. (laughs) You must gorge yourself. Clearly was the moment for a bit of lightness. You want to be my disciple? Deny yourself. It's not about what you want. It's not about what I want. Take up your cross. It's going to cost. It's going to cost. It's going to cost emotionally. It's going to cost physically. It's going to cost. You know what? It might cost relationally. Don't don't buy into the lie that it might not cost relationally. Don't don't buy into the lie that if it's God's will, it's all going to be packaged so. We are fighting an epidemic in the world and in the church of entitlement. It's all, if it suits me, if it blesses me, it's good. God wouldn't ask me to do something. Say that to Noah. Say that to Moses. Say that to Joseph. Say that to Daniel. Say that to Jesus. Say that to Peter. Say it to me. Say it to James. Say it to Greg. Say it to Danny. 
Do you think that I like leaving my home all the time and jumping on planes? I just said the other day, I, this year, I'm on 36 flights. I'm in different countries all the time. I'm, I'm flying back tomorrow. I'm fly, to Melbourne. I'm flying back on Saturday to Auckland, and I'm flying back, and I'm flying. And I, I love it. I love being away from home. I love being in a different bed. I love not sleeping at night. I don't love it. I don't love it. But I'm not here for ease and comfort. I'm not here to do what I want to do on my timetable. I know it costs. I know sometimes it even costs in different things, emotional and physical and even relational at times. But my God is faithful, and this is not about me and what I want to do. It costs. It costs. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And here's the clincher. Follow me. Follow me. But God, can I trust you? Yes. Yes, we can. Because even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because you're with me. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He can have a sleep in peace. And the disciples are freaking out. But he said, hang on, I've already told you where we're going. Come follow me. You're with me. You're safe. Hmm. If Jesus said we're going to the other side and you're in a boat with him, it can't sink. Praise the name of the Lord. I wonder if my keyboard playing anointed friend will come back. I'm not going to prolong what Father says, but we need to understand that God's love and God's ways and commands are not exclusive to each other. Can I be really honest with you? Uh, I do not understand all of God's ways. And if I had written the script for my life, I would have written it different. And if I had written the script for your life, I would have written it different than God's written. And the things that Father asked you to do, some of them I wouldn't ask you to do. Come on. But that's because I, I'm not I'm omniscient. I don't know everything. We need to come to a point like Joseph did, that he fast forward 22 years after he sold into slavery, and when he encounters his brothers. He knew a scripture that he hadn't even read yet, and that is the steps of good people are ordered by God, and he's a good God. When he said, you sold me into slavery, you did have a part in what happened, but don't big note yourself, God Almighty sent me, because he's ordering my steps, and he is good. And nobody can shut a door in your life that God wants open if you live in obedience. And no one can open a door that God wants shut in your life if you live in obedience. But what we don't, what we want is we don't want obedience, we want ease. We don't want, hmm. This is what the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I don't want to. It's not convenient. It's too hard. No, 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 no. And if we're not careful, the same thing will creep into the church. And it is. And it is pervading the church. We even go, we go into a loving place. Oh, a nice place. And we say, you know what? What do you want to do with your life? I want you to help to, you to discover what you want to do. You can do anything you want. You can achieve anything you want. We think we're being nice. We are putting... It's not nice. We've got so many people chasing what they want to do all the while God's trying to get their attention and say, do you not know I have plans for you? The plans you've got to make the money and be a success and do this ministry and that mission. Oh, it might look good and it might look successful, but it will just be burned up. It's not what I asked you to do. I got some good words I prepared in advance for you. I got some things. I got some things. I want you to not conform to the pattern, the way of thinking of this world, that if it's not easy, it's not God. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Read the Word. So many instructions and commands are given to people that I don't want, but God 
knows best and His way is best. And He's looking for some people that say yes without conditions. And they'll say yes fully. Because listen to what it says next. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. Not good, perfect, and easy will. so overwhelmed with emotion right now. I just feel a father's heart just searching the earth saying, is there there some people that are going to say yes with no exceptions, with no clauses, with no fine print, with no, just, just yes. Yes. And not partially, but fully. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. Even Jesus and John 17 praying to the Father when He's talking about being in the world but not of the world. And, and He says, I don't want to take them out. I know it's difficult. I want to, I want to sustain them in there. But I, I, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for those that will encounter me through their message. It's not about them just being comfortable. It's people that need to encounter the love of God in the places that we refuse to go to. calling some people up to a commitment tonight and that is to do whatever Father says does this mean that we can't have any feelings we can't have any thoughts we can't even articulate that I don't want to do that no Jesus said that when he was about to literally be beaten beyond recognition the king of the universe stripped naked humiliated jeered flogged beaten and he was going to die a cruel death on a cross with the sins of the world placed on perfect lamb his father was going to turn away because he could not even look at him and he said in Luke twenty two forty two, if it's possible, will you please take this cup from me? Can we please do this a different way? It's okay to say, God, really? But he didn't finish there. Unfortunately, we finish there too often. He says, yet not what I want, what you want. That didn't diminish the agony the cruelty, the abuse, the evilness of the cross. He just said in that moment, and I don't know, he's, he was man. He put aside his divinity. Don't get hung up on this point. But maybe even that moment he struggled. How is this going to turn out? But I trust my father. So if my father says it, I'll do it. Father, I understand why you would ask me to step out and call that person after what they've done. But Father, if you're saying it, I'll do it. Father, I don't understand why when I'm terrified of public speaking, you, I feel like you're asking me to step up and be involved in leading that group. But Father, if you say it, I'll do it. I might not understand, but I trust you. And I wonder, in this place here today, I just feel this just needs to be you and God. If there's anyone, and you take a moment, just the kid was just going to do what doing right now and I'm going to hope to say I'm not going to do nothing I'm just going to simply say this I've delivered what God said how is your obedience when father tells you 
to do what you don't want to do. I pray you never forget that question. But if you're able to come to a place and you need to really be serious about this, where you say, I want to obey no matter what. Not my will, but yours be done. For some of you in this room right now, the Holy Spirit is reminding you of some things He's already said. You don't need to wait to a future time. You know that there's some things that you have either not done or partially done. This is a holy moment. You've been serving, but to obey is better than sacrifice. So if that's you, I want you to sit with that for a moment. For some of you, you are you're godly people. You're godly, godly people. You're not bad people. You're godly people. The fear of man. Oh, but the cost. Many reasons. But you know that I haven't fully fulfilled that. And God says, there's no condemnation. Today is a new day. My mercy is new every morning. I'm just looking now for some yes people without reservation, without qualification. And if that's you, I want you to respond with a yes, Lord, in a moment. For others, maybe there's nothing that comes to your mind, but you're saying you want to position yourself now and you want to intentionally position yourself now for what Father tells you to do. I hope I made that clear. Not invite you, not suggest 10 options, but says, I want you to do this. I want you to pray for that person who is your enemy because I want to unlock something in their life and if you don't, they'll start stuck for the rest of their life. Father is just saying, is there any people that have an unqualified yes, Lord? Not yes, Savior. Yes, Lord. Supreme in authority. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Not my will. Yours be done. And I want you to sit with the Lord for a moment right now. As a keyboard just plays. And when you've had a moment with Father, and whether it be on something that He's already said that is incomplete or not done the way He wants, and you say, you know what, I want to, Father, I want to say yes, Lord, today, and I'm going to see that through to completion. Or again, if there's nothing that he's asked you to do that you're not doing, but you just want to say yes, Lord, in advance. You want to be a yes, Lord, person all the days of your life. Go where he tells you to go. Say what he tells you to say. Use the gifts that you don't think you have, but he has given you. Will not allow the fear of man, the intimidation, personality, anything to stop you from saying yes. As you sit with Father, and if you come to that point of, I'm going to be that yes, Lord, whether it be past, present, or future, I want you to stand to your feet and just say yes, Lord, in your spirit and maybe out of your mouth. Only when Father speaks to you.
is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. To you, Abba Father, to you, Lord Jesus Christ, to you, Holy Spirit, we say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. every moment yes Lord God we will not base our understanding sorry our obedience on understanding as Abraham didn't when the Lord said take your son the fulfillment of the promise that I gave you and it's time to lay it down that seemed to contradict the very nature of God that Abraham must have known, but God cannot deny himself, contradict himself. There must be something I don't see. I beg you, men and women, children of God, not understanding is okay, but there is something we don't see. But do you trust him? Do you trust him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean, don't rely on, don't be anchored to, even a slave to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. You are God. You are for me. You are doing a good thing. You are wonderful. And He says, I will direct, lead guide and power your paths we trust you we trust you we trust you we trust you father I thank you for these people your people your friends your sons your daughters We thank you for a yes generation in a generation of mediocrity and complacency and compromise and entitlement. I thank you for a yes generation without exception, without clause, without fine print, without just a yes people. Not blindly following, but confidently following because God's way is best always because he is always good so we say we love you we say we love you 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 blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Spirit of God would say to you right now that upon this decision you've made, do not judge the rightness of it, the truthfulness of it on the results you see to your obedience. Joseph had a yes in his spirit and then he went through years of seeming contradiction. David had a yes in his spirit to be anointed and went through years of running and hiding. This is not how it would be. Men and women of God ended up in fiery furnaces and lions den. They they ended up if you read Hebrews eleven, oh the list of some of the things they laid down their lives were sawn in half, they became destitute. You read the lives of Paul, they encounter Paul and what he went through in prison and shipwrecked and beaten and flogged, and you might say, See, why are you saying all this? Because again I'm wanna make sure that you understand what you're saying yes, Lord, too. I'm not saying that's all gonna happen, but I am saying that we say yes, Lord, that we're not signing up for a cruise ship, a pleasure cruise ship. We're we're signing up up for a for a warrior carrier, a, an army carrier, where a navy carrier, we're signing up 
for something where the enemy may fire shots, where, where some of the shots may even hit and connect. We're, we're signing up for something that it won't always be easy. Please, please, please do not judge the rightness of your decision on the results that you see. said about the men and women in Hebrews 11 that they lived in faith and they even died in faith waiting to see the promise. It's fine to live in faith and get an answered prayer and celebrate, but how about if we live in faith and we don't see the answered prayer and we die waiting? Is God still good? Is God still worthy of praise? Is it still true that He's not a man that He should lie? When you pray for the person that is sick and they die, is He still the healer? Is He still by His stripes that He heals? Or do we actually change our doctrine based on our experience? I want to declare we are yes people. People to you, Father. If it works out how we want, praise God. And if it doesn't, praise God. Oh, God, naked I came out from my mother's womb. Naked I will return, Job said. If God gives, the Lord takes away. And blessed be the name of the Lord. This is not the doctrine we preach in our world today. We come to Jesus and add Him to our lives and everything's all right. And He's saying, come and give all. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And it will look different at times. But will you still say, yes, Lord. God's ways are higher. God's thoughts are higher. And He's inviting us up to the higher. The higher. You are so good. I just can't afford to complicate this. I can't afford to try to always understand. I just got to say yes. I need to let God be God. I need to let God be God. We say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I wonder if there's any people that would just say that with me. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's practice that. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God's going to speak tomorrow. Yes, Lord. God's going to speak next week when it's inconvenient. Yes, Lord. God's going to interrupt our plans with His plans, which should be the plans that we're on anyway. And we're going to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Not our will, but yours be done. Father, I speak your blessing right now over your people. Lord, I forbid the enemy from bringing condemnation or heaviness out of this, but rather a holy desire just to be centered in Father's good, perfect, and pleasing will. Let this bring life to people. Let the peace of God that passes understanding be greater than the understanding that we seek. Hmm. If Paul can be in prison, say, come on, rejoice in the Lord always. Don't be anxious about anything. Come on, I'm in prison, but don't be anxious. It's okay. God's got this. I've learned the secret what it is to be content in whatever circumstances, well, fed or hungry, in prison or free. Come on. It doesn't always work out how I thought it would, said the Apostle Paul, but I've learned there's a secret. I can be content because I can do all this through Christ because He's the one leading and empowering. And He is good always. God's way works. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name.